you're very welcome to today's Triumph Church podcast. We pray that you enjoy the message. We're going to begin in Proverbs chapter 20, in verse 27. If you brought your Bibles, you can turn there. If not, we'll have the scripture on there. It's, it's a little bright in here, so it might be a little hard to see. Can everyone see that all right? Well enough anyways? Eh, it's okay. Proverbs chapter 20 in verse 27 says, The spirit of, of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner parts of his heart. Well, that's kind of a curious statement, isn't it? The spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Sometimes when we read things in the Bible, we kind of wonder what it is we might be reading, don't we? Anyone else been there? I know I have at different times, still do. But this is because the things in God's word are spiritually discerned. If we'll quiet ourselves, and if we'll just take some time to listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll begin to teach us. But sometimes, as I've said before, there's so much noise out here that it's a constant distraction that we have in our lives. And when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, almost all the time, it's just that still, small voice inside. He's not yelling at us. He doesn't get a microphone like I have this morning and put up a sound system. And he's like, hey, hello, Aiden, David, I'm trying to talk to you. Can you hear me? Although sometimes he may talk very, very loud to us. Usually, usually when the Lord is talking to us a certain way, uh, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit being our guide, being led by the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to tell you before I start here, just a quick story. When we were still uh, help pastoring Amy's parents' church uh, in Limerick, you know, the Lord began to put something on my heart for us that our time there was winding down. It's like, okay. And so I was wondering, well, okay, well, well what next? Lord, what do, what do we do? I didn't really hear anything. I didn't know. The Lord wasn't telling me that. Sometimes the Lord just tells us something, just drops things to us, just, just start preparing our hearts. When the Lord tells us something, and it isn't always because he's wanting you to move right now, suddenly, that may be the case sometimes, but I believe that we'll know that when that is the case. But this was just something where the Lord was just preparing my heart. He hadn't even spoke to Pastor Amy about that yet. That's a different story. So I just started preparing our hearts for that, and we went back, and this was like way earlier in the year. In the summer months, we went back to uh, America for a conference, um, and there there was a, a minister, and I was kind of struggling with that decision because I always thought that we'd spend the rest of our life in Limerick. I know Limerick kind of has a bad reputation, you know, Stab City, right? It's actually a lovely city. It's not really like that anymore. It was at one time. <laughs> you wouldn't want to walk by yourself at night. But, it's, uh, but it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good city, and we loved it there. And we thought we'd be there the rest of our, rest of our lives. And so when the Lord put it on my heart that your time here is winding down, I'm like, well, what does that mean? Where are we going to go? I actually thought it was just we were going we to stay in, in Limerick uh, for a while and continue doing something there. So I went to this conference in the States, and there was a pastor uh, there, and he, and he just started sharing a word from the Lord. He said, you know, he's like, I, I don't know who this is, is for, you know, but you'll know when I start sharing it. So we started sharing, and man, the presence of the Lord just came upon me like, I just started bawling like a baby, just crying. I was sitting on the front row, you know, and the, the minister, I mean, it was a little farther back, you know, but I just start crying. It's like the Holy Spirit, like, just came on me in such a powerful and tangible way. Ooh. Such a powerful and intangible way that I just couldn't control myself. And I knew that this minister was talking to me. You know, I talking to Amy about it later, she didn't feel the same thing that I felt. She didn't get the same thing that I felt, but I told her about it because I knew it was for me. 
And basically, he said, if you don't start moving, you're going to miss the door that I've opened for you. Because it had already been a year, almost, that the Lord had, I don't move quickly, <laughs> all right? The Lord knows he needs to give me some time to prepare my, my, myself. My family knows I don't like to do things suddenly. You know, if, if we just turn on a, turn really quickly, hey, let's, let's stop what we're doing and, and do this instead. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I need to wrap my, my mind around that first. So the Lord was giving me plenty of time but sometimes, this is where he's talking very loudly, where he'll use someone to actually share what he's trying to get across to you. And he did that for, with this pastor, that if you don't start moving, you're going to miss this window. And he shared some very specific things that w were in my heart that I knew, not only from his presence just coming on me, but the things that he was saying were very specific things that I had been feeling in my heart and praying to the Lord about. So sometimes the Lord is going to talk very loudly to you. And that's that, that's that kind of case because you're either, you're either not listening, you're not hearing his voice, you're not, you're not quieting things, or sometimes there's just so much wrapped around something. This was, this was a very emotional decision for us. So it took some time, and the Lord had to speak in a more demonstrative kind of way, but most of the time, it's just going to be a still, small voice that he's going to speak in your heart. Amen? But we have to quiet ourselves, and sometimes we just need to take some time away, maybe in prayer, maybe in fasting, so that we can hear from, you know, fasting, we're going to teach on fasting sometime here, probably well, some other things are on my heart, but I want to teach on, on fasting. But fasting doesn't move God. Sometimes we have this idea that, that fasting is going to change God's mind. Well, the things of God are already established. What fasting does for us is it quiets, quiets our flesh so that we can hear from God. So sometimes we might need to do that if we have a big decision, maybe take some time to fast and pray. Before Amy and I uh, started this church, we took some time to fast and pray about it because we needed to know some things and we needed to know if we're going to start this thing, Lord, we need to know that you're in it. Because we don't want to start something and then have to stop it and then wind up hurting a lot of people. So we needed to know that this was something that the Lord was really directing us to do. So sometimes you have big decisions in your lives where maybe you need to fast and pray about something. Most of the time, that's not something that you need to do. A lot of the times when you quiet yourself in the Lord, you just know. You know inside what the Lord is directing you. In 1 John chapter 2, in verse 27, in the New Living Translation, it says, But you have received the Holy Spirit... And he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches you is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. So the scripture that we had just read in Proverbs 20, in verse 27, the spirit of the man is the lamp to the Lord, of the Lord, searching all the inward, inner depths of his spirit. Sometimes you read things and you're like, okay, Lord, what, is that, what, what does that mean? What are you trying to say to me through the scripture? Well, that's something that the Holy Spirit will do for you. He will help you. He was sent as the, whole, as the helper, right? Well, Jesus is saying, or this is John in 1 John, saying that the Holy Spirit teaches you everything that you need to know, and he teaches you what is true. When we're reading scripture, God's word, then we can ask the Holy Spirit to help us. He's our guide. Well, how does he do that? How does it? that the Holy Spirit teaches us? How is it that he guides us and directs us in our lives? Our spirit is a lamp unto the Lord. This is simply saying that our spirit, that's what God enlightens. He enlightens our spirit. He illuminates it. It's our spirit whom the Holy Spirit is going to speak to. You remember us talking about when we, were, when we become born again, that the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in our hearts, right? He comes to dwell inside of us, in your spirit. 
When Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verses 5 through 7, I recommend you just read that whole chapter, John chapter 3, and read it in the New Living Translation. It's really great. But Jesus said this to Nicodemus when he came to him. He said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. What Jesus is talking about here is spiritual birth. It's not naturally being born again. You know, Nicodemus, it's kind of humorous. So Jesus is talking to him like this, and he's like, well, how can a man re-enter his mother's womb? Like, he totally misunderstood what Jesus was even saying. I can imagine what Jesus was thinking at the time, because it's, it's, it is ridiculous. How can a person re-enter their mother's womb to be born again? That's, well, it's weird, but also it's physically just not even something that's, that's possible. But Jesus wasn't talking about a natural rebirth. He was talking about a spiritual rebirth. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. When you're born into this world, born through water, you're born into the flesh, right? But when you're born into the spirit, become born again, it's your spirit. You're born into the kingdom of God. You've been born into God's kingdom. It's a pretty funny exchange, so I recommend you, you read it. In Titus chapter 3, in verses 4 through 5, the apostle Paul, in writing to Titus, said this. He said, but when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things that we've done, but because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. So I'm taking a little bit of time this morning talking about the new birth because I think it's, under, it's important for us to understand actually who we are. We're not this body that we're all sitting in a chair in this morning. When we die, when we leave from this life, our body stays here doesn't it? How many of you have ever been too awake? Yeah, the body's there, but the person is no longer there. They're a spirit. They've gone out of that body. Jesus said, that which is flesh is flesh, but that which is spirit is spirit. Now, I'm saying all of this because I want us to understand who it is that we are, because that will help us understand how it is that God's going to talk to us. We need to know how to be led by the Spirit of God in our lives. Not by everything else going on around us, but what God wants to do. The Holy Spirit, Jesus says, His job is to lead us and to guide us and to direct us. And how many of you know God's only ever going to direct you into the best places in your life? He's not going to direct you in bad places. He's not going to mislead you. He's not going to direct you in a way where you trip and stumble. And he's like, <laughs> he's not like that. He's a loving father. I wouldn't do that with my children. God won't do that with us either. He's our heavenly father. He loves us and cares for us and wants the best things for us. You know that, right? So we're a spirit. That's a pretty significant detail. So I want us to understand this morning that there are two pre predominant ways that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. The first way is through God's word. And the Holy Spirit will always, 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 always point you back to God's word. The Holy Spirit will never leave you away from God's word. That's how weird things happen. You have, what is it, the, uh, the religion of Mormonism. You have a man, John Smith, I think his name was, had an angel appeared to him and told him all these different things. Well, it was a supernatural event, right? And he started a religion based on what this angel told him. 
But that vision that he had, what the, what the angel was telling him, didn't line up with this. So if there's anything that's contrary to this, that is not God's leading. If you have someone appear to you and it appears to be an angel, if you have someone come up to you and says, hey, I've got a word from God for you, and they start sharing something with you, but if it doesn't line up with this, and you don't have a piece about it in here, then just set it aside. You don't have to follow everything someone tells you just because they say it's from the Lord. Hey, Ryan, listen. One day, if you win the lotto, the Lord tells me you're supposed to give it all to me. <laughs> Thus saith the Lord. That's what he, I'm just kidding. That's not what the Lord's saying. But hey, if you wanted to give me some money from the lotto, that's cool. Just because someone says that something is from the Lord doesn't mean it is. Listen, this goes back to, to the teaching that I said before. When, when the disciples were asking Jesus about the last days, the very first thing he said to them in Matthew 24, was it Matthew 24? They were wanting to know about the kingdom of God. What's going to come? What's going to be the signs of your, of your coming? The very thirst, first thing he said to them was don't, Allow yourself to be deceived. Well, that's an interesting way to start all of that, isn't it? Right? And I keep coming back to this because something inside here, I just know in the days ahead that we need to make sure as Christians, as a church, but as Christians, that this is our foundation. Because this world is getting crazy, right? You know, at one point, they told us to trust the science. Now they're just throwing science out. They're telling us to believe things that just are weird. I'm sorry to say, every single person here, you're either a male or you're a female. There's nothing else. Biologically, there is nothing else. The world is trying to tell you, trying to tell us that there's something different. Why? Because the devil wants to attack our identity. If he can steal who you are, then he can get you to believe anything. If we're gullible enough to, to believe things that are obviously not true, then he can steer us and direct us any which way he wants us to go. But when this is our foundation... We have this, and then we have the Holy Spirit confirming God's word, then we're going to remain solid, and we're not going to be someone who's gullible and can just go whichever, every which way this world wants us to go. We're sticking with this. Amen? That's you, right? We're sticking with God's word, aren't we? How many of you have a Bible here? Raise your hand. You actually have a physical Bible. Do you have a physical Bible? I don't mean actually with you today. That's okay. I mean at home. You, I'm like, no one's raising their hand. What is wrong with this church? I know we have electronic, like on our devices now, but how many of you have a physical Bible at home? Raise your hand. If you do not have a physical Bible, let me know, and we will try to get you a physical Bible. The reason why I'm saying that is because there's some weird stuff. It's nice just to have a Bible that we can have in our hands because sometimes I get updates on my Bible, you know, like they're up updating a version, you know, and I'm like, why are they updating that? That just seems a little weird to me. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. I'm just, maybe I'm just a little skeptical and a little untrust, untrustworthy, but we live in a weird world, right? So I have, I have, a whole bunch of different Bibles, different, different versions that I, I study from. I do study electronically, you know, as well. But I like to sometimes just have the physical Bible in my hand and just sit down with a cup of coffee in the morning and just read a physical Bible. It's nice. So if you do not have a Bible, let me know, and we will see what we can do to get you one. If you're a born-again Christian, then you can expect to be led by God. 
That can be an expectation that you have. Almost a demand. Not that you're going to necessarily demand something of God, but it's something that God's promised us. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. Romans 8, 14, it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. You could say daughters just as easily. If you are a son or daughter of God, raise your hand then you can expect, it says here, right, for as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you are a son or daughter of God, then you can expect to be led by the Spirit of God. That's good news, isn't it? Because sometimes we come across decisions in our life where we need help, don't we? It's good to ask advice of friends. If I have a big decision, I I may perhaps ask a friend of mine, Ask someone that I trust that's going to give me good advice. Don't just ask anyone. You're going to hear all sorts of people's opinions about stuff. But when you're making a decision, you don't really need people's opinions, do you? You need to know, is this something that God is leading me to or not? When we were moving to Ireland, I'm not, I'm not moving my family to another country, or as David said, moving his family here to another country without knowing whether it's something God is directing me to, like I need to know that in here because it's not just me. I'm not a single man where I can just go and do whatever I want to. I have a wife, I have children, I have responsibilities. I need to know as a man, as a dad, as a father, as a husband, that the Lord is leading me to this because I know where God is leading that I'm going to be blessed Amen, that he's going to be blessed me. If his hand is in something, that I'm going to be blessed, right? Well, how is it that the Holy Spirit leads you? Many people are led by everything but God. They may be led by their emotions. How many of you know it is not a good idea to make decisions based upon your emotions, Because your emotions are up and down every single day, aren't they? Sometimes you're feeling great during the day. By lunchtime, you're feeling low. By dinnertime, you're feeling great again. By bedtime, you just want to go to bed and close your eyes and just put your head on your pillow and call it a night, right? Our emotions are up and down. It's not good to make decisions based on our emotions. What about our circumstances? Well, our circumstances change all the time, don't they? Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. It's not good to make a decision based on your circumstances either. Well, how about your minds? Is it a good decision to make, idea, make a decision based on your mind? I don't know about you, but my mind is all sorts of different places sometimes, especially if I'm driving in Dublin traffic. If I make decisions based on my mind, what my mind is telling me to do, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble. There's a reason why I don't drive a tank. (laughs) I take care of all that traffic. So we don't make decisions based on our emotions. We don't make decisions based on our circumstances or our thoughts. These are all flesh-based. That which is flesh is flesh. That which is spirit is spirit If you're a born-again Christian, then you should be making decisions not based on the things of this flesh. That's all the things around us, our senses, our five senses, our emotions, our thoughts, our circumstances. Those are all things of the flesh. But if we're born again, if we're a Christian, that which is spirit is spirit. Well, God's a spirit, isn't he? We have the Holy Spirit. How do you think that he's going to talk to you? He's going to talk to your spirit. Do you know how the devil tries to talk to you? Everything external. He'll even talk to your mind. Try to whisper thoughts to your mind. Try to tell you things that aren't true. That's why we're not led by this. But the devil can't touch this. Your spirit, man, your heart, that's between you and God. The devil has no access there. So when you know in here, 
you know it's God. When this is telling you something different, and a lot of times it tells you something different. Listen, I wake up, wake up every morning, and I'm like, what in the world am I doing? <laughs> Starting a church? I'm crazy. What am I putting my family through? This is nuts. But you're not led by your mind, are you? You're led by here. What is your heart telling you? This is where God's going to speak to you. When God leads you, when he guides you and directs you, he's going to speak to your spirit because you're a spirit. He's not going to speak to your flesh. He's going to speak to your spirit. Does that make sense? Are you all with me still? The things of our flesh are actually contrary to the things of God. How many of you wanted to wake up this morning and come to church? Like, dear Lord Jesus, it's going to be in the barn. It's going to be cold, right? What are they thinking? But you made it here. You didn't listen to your flesh, did you? In Romans chapter 8, in verse 7, in the Passion Translation, it says this, In fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. God doesn't lead us from our flesh. He leads us from our heart, from our spirit. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that a Christian should be led by their emotions or their thoughts or their circumstances. We're led by the spirit of God, aren't we? When we're led by our emotions, circumstances, and thoughts, a lot of time we're not even thinking clearly. And there's been different times in my life where I've been so angry. How many of you have been there? Don't be so holy. Where I've been so angry or sad, where if I made decisions based on that, that's not good. Those kind of decisions will get you in trouble. That's one reason why I'm slow to make decisions. Because I want to make sure that I'm making the right decision. Because it's important for me, but it's also important for my family. We should never make rash decisions. We always want to make sure that it lines up with God's word and it lines up with our hearts. Amen? Because God has a much better way to lead us than what we see out here and what we feel out here. So let's talk for a minute about how we can be led by the Holy Spirit. In order for us to be led by the Holy Spirit, there's two things that we have to determine in our lives. One, we need to determine that we trust him, right? If I'm gonna close my eyes and take God's hand and just let him lead me, I wanna make sure that I trust him, right? Because I've had friends in my life where I won't trust them to lead me with my eyes closed. They'll purposely lead me into something, cause me to trip, cause me just being silly. But God will never do that for you. But you have to determine in your heart that you actually have a trust for God where you can just close your eyes and you know wherever he leads you, wherever he guides you, that he's going to lead you in the best place. When God would put on my heart that we're going to be leaving Limerick, I didn't know where it was we were going to go. He was just preparing my heart. He was just giving me a part of the plan, but I had to have trust in order for me to initiate that conversation with my wife. Listen, the Lord is putting on my heart that we're gonna be stepping down from our positions at your parents' church. What? Like the Lord needed to prepare my heart really first because it was kind of a battle for Pastor Amy. She's stepping down from her parents' church, a church that we loved, still love. We moved over in Ireland from 2000 to 2003, and we helped them uh, launch the church, helped them pioneer it, helped pioneer the, the youth ministry at the church, helped pioneer the children's ministry at the church. Like, we did everything in the, in the church except for be the senior pastors of it. We loved that church. Went to back to America for 10 years. Ireland never left our heart. Moved back in 2013. Came back to that church. 
plugged back in there. Like we gave our lives to that church. It was difficult. It's hard leaving a place, right? I know a lot of you have left different places. It's hard leaving a place when your heart's been there because it's not just a place, it's, it's people, right? And the interesting thing about this kind of, of work, like pastoring, you know, I, I've worked different jobs in my life and I could leave that job Clock out, five o'clock, never give it another thought the rest of the day, right? But you're in my thoughts continually. You're in my prayers continually. This is different. There's a different kind of investment here. When you invest in people spiritually, you're invested bodily, right? Like I'm here this morning, you're here this morning. We're invested bodily, but you're also invested spiritually. You're invested emotionally. Like we're invested in your lives the same way you're invested in our lives. Well, maybe you leave church and you don't give us another thought after the, after the service. I don't know. But it's different. So leaving Amy's parents' church, it's not just leaving the church. It's actually leaving her parents. So it was a big decision. So we had to know on the inside that this is something that the Lord is leading us to do because we're leaving people. We're actually leaving holes in the church. Things that we did that there's not necessarily people to do that anymore. And they got to the point where I'm like, Lord, but the, no one's doing this if I leave. And he's like, you don't worry about that. You just do what I'm telling you to do, what I'm asking you to do, and you let me take care of those details. Okay, Lord. Now, when I say that, it's not like the Lord audibly is telling me that. It's like a conversation, like in my heart. That's what he's, he's telling me in my heart. Does that make sense? The Lord ever had a conversation with you like that? Where he's actually telling you things? We're led by our spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, let me give you the second thing that we need to de be determined of. The other thing is we need to, to determine that God is good. You need to be able to trust God, and you have to know that God is good, that he's not going to lead you in a bad direction or into something that's bad for you. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 7, it says, We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is a spiritual thing. Sight is easy. Right? We have senses, it's, it's easy, but when the Lord is telling us to do something or asking us to do something or leading us in a direction and we don't have a clear path, well, you've given me step A, you've given me step B, Lord, but what's C? What's, what's D? What's after that? It takes a, it's a journey of faith. You have to be able to trust God, trust that he's good, Trust that he's leading you in the right direction. It's a faith walk. The Holy Spirit will only ever lead you in accordance to God's word. And how many of you know God's word, like if you ever wonder, well, what's God's will? It's right here. He wrote it out for us. You never need to question what it is. I don't know what God's will is. It's right here. He made it very clear and very plain for us. I know it's a big book. And there's a lot of pages in there. Sometimes it's actually good to, actually the, the, the search engine in, in the YouVersion Bible app isn't that great. Sometimes I just go to Google because <laughs> it's a better search engine than, than the Bible app. But sometimes you just type in, what does the Bible say about such and such? And then it'll give you a list of scriptures and things. And sometimes then you just go look through, find what those references are, and then you look them up in your Bible. You're finding out what God's will is. My kids probably know, my wife knows, like what my will is about different things because they know me. Sometimes they don't even need to ask me, they just know because we've already had those conversations before. Well, it's the same thing with God's word. If we read this, if we've plugged into this, if we're studying it, we're going to know what God's will is and it makes it a lot easier for the Lord to lead us. If we don't know what God's will is, a lot of times it's probably because we're not reading this. 
The Holy Spirit, he will, he will lead us, guide us, and direct us, and teach us what it is the Lord has said. But if we don't know what the Lord has said, then we don't really have anything for the Holy Spirit to, to draw on. Does that make sense? In John chapter 14, in verse 26, it says, But when the Father sends the Advocate, that's the Holy Spirit, but when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is, the Holy Spirit will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. In John chapter 16, in verse 13 and 15, Jesus goes on to say, And when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. So the Holy Spirit is, is God's representative. He's only ever going to tell you what's in here, what's in the Bible. Now, of course, he's not going to tell you what to eat for breakfast. You're not going to find that in the Bible, right? You can eat Cocoa Pops, right? Well, what book of the Bible is that in? It's not. Some of the details like that you're not going to find in here, but when it comes to big things, like does the Lord want me to be healthy? Does the Lord want me to be blessed financially? Does the Lord want me to have healthy relationships? Like the Bible talks about those kind of things, and you can find out what God's word is, says on that, and the Holy Spirit will only ever lead you to that. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth, that he'll tell you about the future. That's where the Lord's guiding you into what God has planned for you, your future. And he'll tell you what he has received from Jesus. The one thing we can rest assured is that when God leads us, it's only ever going to be good. We've got that established, right? If we don't have that convinced, if we're not convinced of that, then we're going to have a hard time being led by God. So in determining if God is good, turn to Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I like this scripture. It says, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. How many of you know that God has a plan for your life? He didn't just create you and have you born into this world to just be, well, okay, what am I going to do with them? Right? He already had your whole life, had a plan all set out, all lined out, that's going to be for your good. Jeremiah 20.11 goes on to say, They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In Psalm chapter 145 and verse 9, it says, The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his work. So God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for your life. None of us walking around here are purposeless. Sometimes people think that. The devil tries to whisper in their ears, God doesn't love you. He has no plan for you. You have no purpose in your life. But God says right here in Jeremiah 29, 11, that he has plans for you, plans for good, and not for disaster. So the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to lead us in those plans. You don't know what the end of your life is going to bring, do you? You don't know what the last chapter of your life is going to bring, right? When you read a book, well, some people may start in the end to find out how the book ends and then go back to the beginning, but a lot of times when you read a book, we just start at the beginning of a story, and as we follow that story, we find out where it's going, where it's directing. That's how our lives are. Our lives, God has this planned out, and if we'll just follow him step by step, centimeter by centimeter, you have to trust that that plan that he is leading you is for the best, is for your good. You can go your own way. You can do your own thing, and people do that and have done that. But those things never end the way we think they're going to end. Sometimes they may start out okay, but the end chapter isn't where we think God always has the best plans, the best purpose for you. If you'll follow that, 
step by step, then you can trust him that it's going to be good at the beginning and it's going to be good at the end. And the way you're going to follow him is by that little voice inside. Step by step, any decision that you have. Young people, where are you going to go to university? Do you know? You, haven't, you don't got that figured out yet? Well, you know where you're going to university? Are you going to university? What about you guys? You know where you're going to university? Huh? Probably don't. You don't need to know right now. Hey, you girls back there, you know where you're going to university? No? What about you? No? You don't have to have that, that figured out right now. You don't need to think about that right now. Jesus said, let tomorrow take care of tomorrow. We just focus on where the Lord's directing us today, right? Sometime it may be next week. Sometimes it may be next month. The Lord may give us direction of this is where you're going to be in a year. This is the plans that I have for you. But you just take it step at a time, and that's a step of faith, isn't it? So I'm going to take us to a scripture here that kind of paints a very clear picture of how the Holy Spirit leads us. And we find this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. I'm going to be closing in just a minute. Romans chapter 8 and verse 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the Apostle Paul here states that the Holy Spirit will bear witness with our spirit, not our emotions, not our minds, not our circumstances, but our spirit. We've talked about and shown in Scripture a lot of different times where we've been made in God's image, right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, it says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until the, the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So there's making a distinction there between your spirit, soul, and body, right? We are a spirit, we have a soul or mind, and we live in a body, but we're a spirit. Jesus said, that which is spirit is spirit. That which is flesh is flesh. The way God is going to speak to us is through our spirit. The apostle Paul said, when the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, it's going to, he's going to bear witness with us. That just means affirm or confirm. Sometimes it just, it's just like you're, you have a decision facing you, in a particular way, just seems right. You don't have anything else like telling you what it is. You just have a peace inside. It just seems right to you. It's just that still, small voice telling you, leading you, just nudging you, affirming that this way is the right way for you to go. This is the right thing for you to do. And it's just that still, small voice, just that little peace inside that says, yes, this is it. In Colossians chapter 3, in verse 15, it says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. That's a cool statement. Let the peace of God, let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. God will never leave you, lead you in any other way but peace. Peace. You'll have a peace inside. Not a turmoil. Not that you're struggling. Oh, I just don't know. Well, it's probably not God then. God leads by a peace. I like what it says in the Passion Translation, Colossians 3.15. It says, let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one. God always leads us by peace. Peace in your heart. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6 and 7, listen to this. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I like that. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Listen, worry will not get you anywhere. The only thing worry will do is give you an ulcer and cause you to have a lack of sleep. Right? cause you to be in a poor mood because you're worrying. You're trying to carry that upon you. 
Instead, what we should do is take it to the Lord. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Then it goes on to say, tell God what it is you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience what? God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Isn't that cool? Sometimes the peace of God, when you have the peace of God about something, when you have that knowing, when you have that assurance, when you have that confirmation on the inside of you, it doesn't matter what else is going on around you. You could have a crazy storm of life happening around you. But when you have that peace inside that rules in your heart, that surpasses anything, your mind, you can't reason it, right? You're like, I don't even know how this is working, but I have a peace about it. It doesn't matter what it is, what you're thinking, right? It doesn't matter what the circumstances say, but if you have that peace of God that surpasses all understanding, then nothing else matters, does it? The Bible says, if God is for you, then who can be against you? If you have all these things in life against you, it doesn't really matter if God is for you. If you know that you're in God's will because you're following that peace inside, that's like a, that's like a shield that you have. It's something that just like guards your heart. You have that peace. And the devil can't take that away from you. He'll try, and he'll try through here, right, your mind. He'll try to tell you all sorts of different things, all sorts of lies, but you don't, you're not led by this. You're led by this, right? Kids, listen to me. Talking to you young people. The devil's gonna try to tell you all sorts of lies as you grow up. He did me. And he'll try to get you off course. And he'll try to get you off of God's plan and off of his purpose for your life. But if you listen in here, instead of here, and you follow God in the direction he wants you to go, he will prosper you beyond your wildest dreams. He will turn what the devil intends for bad for your good, for your benefit. I'm telling you, you can take that and listen to it and, and take that to heart. You can throw it away if you like. But I've been there. How many of you adults have been there? Been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? The interesting thing about today is, is everything's, everything's sorted now by generation, right? You have the boomers. You have all, all these different generations, right? And it's not bad. It's good to have these, gener you know, maybe to understand what age group is in some generation. But the devil tries to do something in that. There's great wisdom in people that have gone before us. People who are older than us, who have walked that walk. Listen, the devil has no new tricks. The same thing that he did to Adam and Eve in the garden, he still does today. He has no new tricks. The same things that the devil tried to do in my life when I was a youth are the same things that he's trying to do in your life right now. It just looks a different, little different. It's packaged a little differently. Maybe have a little more bling on it, perhaps. But it's the same thing. And I'm saying that because God's given us generations in our lives that we can learn from. We're led by the word. We're led by the Holy Spirit. But I want to say, too, it's also good to get advice from people who are older than us. People who have walked in those shoes before, who have some wisdom, who have some, something that they can offer. Some of you older people in the church, you have a lot to offer. God's not done with you yet. You know, there's no such thing as retirement. You can retire from a job, but in God's kingdom, there is no such thing as retirement. The young people in this church need you. I'm telling you. 
This isn't a church where you get to a certain age and you're just put out to pasture. Well, thanks for serving the Lord. We appreciate everything you've done for God. No, you're not done yet. Amen? Well, I'm going to close with, with this verse. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. So the thing I want you to take away today is that you can trust the Lord. God is good. He's only ever going to lead you in paths that are good for you. And the way that he's going to lead you isn't by your mind, isn't by your emotion, isn't by his circumstances. You're a spirit person. That which is spirit is spirit. He's going to lead you by that still small voice inside. And that voice inside is always going to lead you with peace, never in turmoil. Listen, there was a time in my life, I'd taken a, my first missions trip was, was to India. I've talked about it before. And I'll close with this story. And after I came back uh, from that trip, Man, I just loved it there. Craziest place I've ever been, but I loved it there. And I wanted to move back there. Hey, Lord, I'm young, I'm single, I'm happy just to, to move back there. Well, actually, I was dating Pastor Amy at the time. I don't know what I was thinking. But I was thinking of moving back to India anyways. There was a, there was a ministry school there, and, and they asked if I wanted to, to help with that. And I was just a young man in my, my mid-20s. So I'm like, sure. But something inside... Even though, like, I really wanted to. This is something I want to do. But something inside just, I don't know, was just off. And I really struggled with it for a while. And I remember Pastor Amy and I went out to dinner one night, and we were still, still dating at the time. And I was talking to, to her about it. She's probably thinking, wow, this, I don't know what's up with this guy. He wants to leave me and go to another country. <laughs> he must not be it. <laughs> but anyway, so... So while we're, while we're having dinner, I even remember what we were having dinner, what I was having dinner, because while we were talking about it, God's presence just, like just dropped at that table. We're at a restaurant, and we're having this conversation, and we just, both of us, like felt God's presence then. And I was really struggling in the decision, should I go, should I stay, should I go, should I stay, I don't know. But the Lord just dropped right there while we're in the middle of our conversation, in the middle of our dinner, and I, we both of us had a peace, and we knew that it was not right for me to go. Well, what direction would my life had gone if I had went there? Well, I probably wouldn't have married Pastor Amy and probably wouldn't have moved to Ireland and probably wouldn't be standing in front of... So those decisions that we make, like have consequences. We don't know where those decisions are going to take us, but all we have to do is follow those steps. We just have to trust God, give, our, give up our will and take on God's will, and then just follow his plan for our life. And it's only ever going to be a plan that's of good. Amen? Thank you for listening to the Triumph Church podcast this week. If it was a blessing to you, share it with someone you know. For more information on Triumph Church, you can visit us at www.triumphchurch.ie.